following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Shanto, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, and uh, I'm here with the tenacious, titillating Tyler Dean, who is over here wrestle-baiting. Sorry, I've been waiting an hour and a half to do this. You've been wrestle-baiting over... Technically, I was early. Yeah, watching your own (laughs) videos and just wrestle-baiting. That's that's what we're going to call it. I was looking for something else. Uh Uh-huh, sure. You're just like, oh, yeah, that bump was great. Get my mic all set up. That that bump was fantastic. Oh, yeah, look at this move. Oh, yeah. That's what... (laughs) Oh, welcome to the show, folks. Uh, it's been a wild two weeks, Tyler. We have uh, been enjoying some of the the um, the training camp stuff, a lot of the joint practices, a lot of fights breaking out. Like like this is like the, I I would argue that this is probably the feistiest joint practice off season I think I've seen ever. Like I like all the fights breaking out and all the nonsense at all the different camps. Great time. We just had one happen between the Raiders and Rams, and you got one that. That happened, you know, at, at one of the Miami practices, and then you got uh, uh, Antonio Brown punching a guy in the face. I mean, <laughs> it, it's it's like holy smokes, what are we doing? But we are back, and and it's it's almost good to see the the level of intensity from these players, um, and and show that they're ready to compete and they're ready to rock. You know, it's this is an exciting time. Football's right around the corner, and then you and I had our fantasy draft on top of it. Yeah, we're getting ready for the biggest season ever. Yeah, biggest season ever. Yeah, just like it was super, super, super championship and super wild card weekend. Yeah, like, it, it was almost like uh, monster trucks were coming into town or something. Everything was super and giant and it's, big. It's like that old um, John Cena radio prank. Yeah. Welcome to Super Slam. <laughs> I, I almost you know you know who would be great for a season like this would be Donald Trump. Oh god. <laughs> it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be glorious. <laughs> it's gonna be huge. That's <laughs> fantastic. So um we got uh news around the league, Tyler. We've got a ty- special Tyler's top ten. Um we're we're only a few weeks away from week one. Uh, the the first game of the year, I believe, is on September 9th, which is obviously a Thursday night game as per the norm. Um, and and so we'll have the Thursday night opener, and we've got, uh, I mean, just a couple weeks left, man. The countdown mm. is on. It's on. And uh, I we we had our fantasy football draft. I just want to say I was really happy with the fantasy football draft. We had a good time. The fantasy football draft, the the Bob Wilson Memorial League. It, it was uh, really a good, good time, and we, we had a, a, I mean, you, you, we had a few guys that, like, took, like, dumps in their hand and threw that up on the board, but then we had a couple of guys that had really good drafts. I think you Ray, were, Ray squared yeah, some dumps. Yeah, yeah, well, the, the Randall Cobb in the eighth round kind of blew my mind. I just didn't understand that. I don't mind that one. Per se, it should have been later. It should have been like 12th, way later. 13th. Yeah, <laughs> eighth round. And then you got guys taking two quarterbacks in top five rounds. Yeah, and Craig, oh, old man Craig, old man Craig. I'm, I'm just going to kind of throw this out there right now. I just kind of looking at the teams. Like, um, we we had some issues uh, getting the uh, 
teams filled, and even on draft day is kind of concerned. But uh, the last spot you filled, and to me, is going to end up being the biggest threat. Yeah, Zach. Zach can yeah. draft. Yeah, Zach. Uh, Zach was looking pretty good. He he had a few picks that I really wasn't uh, thrilled about. To be honest with you, he's I, got a good foundation. Yeah, I I looked at some of the picks that he took and went meh. Um, him, him and I actually we had a lot of the same ideas. He walked away with a few guys that I wanted, but um, no, he he he's got a pretty good foundation. I think he's going to be a, a good threat, and he's actually going to be a, a a guy that I'm excited to have in this league. Hopefully, moving forward, so very exciting uh, times. It's our it's our annual our first year is the inaugural season of the Bob Wilson Memorial League, um, a league named after my my childhood neighbor. The neighbor that that my uh, my parents had for over thirty years, so it's a good time. That and uh, I think it's going to be a really fun fun year. So why is why is it seems like everybody's neighbors got the last name Wilson? Isn't the same? Isn't Wilson the last name of the guy from Film Improvement too? Yeah, and then we also yeah Dennis the Dennis the Menace. We used to oh Mister Wilson. Yep, 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 yep. We used to do that all the time. So and and uh, Mister and Mrs. Wilson, they were wonderful. Um, wonderful folks. They passed away a few years ago, and so this one kind of—he's the guy that got us into to fantasy football. Me and my dad—we we used to go to the league together. So, but enough of my sentimental stuff. Um, Tyler, we got some news to jump into, and uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of news, but it's not huge news. Um, but we we do have some re-signings. We do have a lot of extensions. We've got a trade. We've—I mean, we've got some some interesting stuff going on as, as far as. Uh, guys out for the season, illnesses, and we're going to go ahead and start it off with the Eagles over in Philadelphia. The QB, Jalen Hurts, he's sent to the hospital because of a stomach illness. Um, you know it's got to be serious when you're getting sent to the hospital over a stomach bug. But uh, hes they say he's going to be okay. Um, I doubt he's going to be in the Week 2 game, but he is not in good shape as far as that goes uh, when he's hospital-bound. Joe Flacco, here, try my chicken recipe. Yeah, basically. I, I think this is Human all ingredient, on. It's raw. But and uh, yeah, and then they they go and they get even more troubling news. Devonte Smith he did injure his knee in a, a preseason game, um, in, in the first preseason game of the year. Um, but he says he's right on schedule for recovery and return. He might be back for uh, week three, maybe even for this week's preseason game. But they're saying week three is what he was looking at. So um, yeah, he's uh, he's gonna be enjoying some time on the bench. I think I don't think they're gonna. They're going to keep Devontae Smith out there. Kind of bad luck for a rookie, though, to be winding up with a knee injury. Um, but over in Ravenland, we, the, the, the land of injuries. Yeah, you you've had injuries, but uh, are not, not critical. But well, the one that that would concern me the most is your boy Rashad Bateman. Bateman, uh, Bateman goes out. He uh, he basically tears his groin. Uh, they didn't know how how rough it was going to be, but he goes out and has he tears his groin. He's going to have he surgery. surgery. On it. They're saying he's going to be back in early September. They're they're hoping for week one. Yeah, I mean, and and that's a good and thing. It's, mean, which means it's not it shouldn't linger. But the good thing, the thing I'm glad about is at least he got to go through pretty much all of training camp. Yeah, that that's going to be me, a good the, one. the training camp means more to me than the preseason games. Yep. If he's if he's not on the field. I don't know that it kills the Ravens for no, the first few weeks. No, because they, they got Sammy Watkins as as a, as a safety blanket, right? And but and but we're still going to be a very run heavy team. Yeah, exactly. But there's, there, I think um, with Bateman and Sam, you're looking at like a thirty five hundred yard season. Yeah, you, you. The thing about it is, is you're still. Uh, this is a Ravens football team that still went what twelve and four last year. Yeah. I mean, so if I'm talking twelve and four for the Ravens, to me. 
I'm going, meh, I'm, I'm, and that's without Bateman. I, I don't think it's any big deal at this point. Uh, I, we do have, we went from like the easiest schedule to the second hardest. Yeah, and, and that might change some things. Who knows? But, but I mean, I, I believe that, that the, uh, you know, him being gone for a couple of weeks isn't going to be terrible. Uh, for the Ravens. Uh, speaking of hamstring injuries, well, Giants wide receiver Kenny Galladay, he injures his hamstring. He's expected to miss the next two to three weeks. Um, and, and they say he might even miss week, week one of the season. Um, painful. painful. That's a, that's a hit. That's a big one for the Giants. And the Giants have had quite a few injuries and quite a few guys retiring over over uh, uh, getting the vaccine and, and a lot of it. And also Joe Judge uh, has been you know, apparently getting a bad rap from a lot of these players. A lot of players have been retiring over Joe Judge, and they don't want to deal with him. Uh, one guy, it, and it was a combination of COVID vaccination policies, and also turns out it was also Joe Judge, Zach Fulton. The Giants had uh, him retire, their offensive lineman. Um, uh, I'm, I'm amazed by this. They, we've had a couple of guys that have retired over the, the vaccination situation that's going on here. Uh, to me... I, I don't know that it's worth retiring over. You're, you're giving up millions and millions of dollars, and for yeah. what? I, I just don't understand it, um, especially when you and, – and if it's the, the coach, if it's a coach problem and your coach is being a dick, well, welcome to the NFL, dude. <laughs> you're getting paid millions. I just – I don't understand it. These, these seem like piddly little things for people to be retiring over and, and walking away from, from – uh, uh, multi-million dollar deals, especially a guy like Zach Fulton, who's a very talented player. He's a very talented offensive lineman. So I'm, I'm a little surprised by that. Um, also, oh, with the uh, injuries, now, if you want to talk injuries, you want to talk the team with a lot of injuries, let's go talk about the New York Jets. Holy smokes. Oh, yeah. uh, first of all, their wide receiver Elijah Moore, he's a second-round wide receiver for them. He, he's sidelined with an undisclosed quadriceps injury. Um, they don't know how bad it is, but he's currently on the bench. And then also you got their now first-round pick from this past draft, offensive tackle Elijah Vera Tucker. He's working his way back from a pectoral injury. So, I mean, you, those two are hurt. But then yesterday they got hit with something even more painful. They went out in the, this offseason. They signed defensive end Carl Lawson. He's now to miss the season. He's got a ruptured Achilles. So the Jets with three key cogs to their team's improvement, just gone. I mean, and, and we don't know what, what the timetable is for Vera Tucker. We don't know what the timetable is for Elijah Moore. But we do know that that uh, Lawson is, is basically lost for the year. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to for the New York Jets. It, just when it seems like things are kind of looking up and they didn't have a bad preseason showing, here we are. Yeah, and here I am predicting Jets to not be last, and they're they're trying to make me wrong here. <laughs> falling apart, absolutely falling apart. So so they're enjoying uh, the sick ward up there. Um, now in that same division, well, actually, I'll take that back. We're going to go into uh, uh, the next the 49ers. We had a, a knee injury for offensive tackle Trent Williams. He's going to be out for the remainder of this week. Thankfully, it was a minor injury, but he's only going to miss the remainder of this week. But if that was a long-term injury for him, do you know how big of an issue that would be for that yes. 49ers offensive line right now? 100%. With all Trent the guys. Williams still one of the best tackles in the league. Yep. And with all the guys that they lost, 
And I understand Trent Williams has had a series of injuries throughout throughout the last, you know, several seasons here. But when he's healthy, he's great. It's just a matter of him staying healthy. I feel like like going and picking up Trent Williams, they were taking that risk and that uh, of an injury, and that that risk may not pay off uh, if he if he continues to have knee issues. Um, Colts offensive guard Quentin Nelson, he had foot surgery. He's actually aiming for ready to be. He's trending for week one here. So which wow. is yeah, which is surprising. Um, he he came out. He's aiming to to be ready by week one. Uh, that bodes well for the Colts because they're going to wind up having to start Jacob Eason, and they're also going to have to start um, uh, uh, what's his face? I forget his name. Uh, Sam Ellinger is the other one that that he might have to start. Oof. So I mean, they're and I'm actually, pulling for Eason. I'm pulling for Eason. I think Eason's the better of the two. I mean, Ellinger, he was a late round guy. Um, everybody knew he was going to be a late round guy, but weirdly enough, even though we're pulling for Eason. Ellinger has been the guy that's been primarily taking snaps with the first team, which is which is surprising. I'm not sure what the big issue is uh, with Jacob Eason. I, I don't understand why why Frank Reich doesn't like Jacob Eason, it seems like, anyway. I always liked him. I, I mean, I don't think he's as smart as a Jake Fromm. I don't think he's he's got the, you know, it, every time I see Jake Fromm, it's like, look at the big brain on Jake, you know, but... <laughs> You know, at the same time, Eason has all of the physical tools. He he really does. If he had the brain that Jake Fromm has, he would wind up being a a top quarterback in this league, hands down. It wouldn't even be a question. So we have that going on. Um, and also speaking of Frank Reich, uh, him and the general manager Jake Ballard over there with Indianapolis got extended through 2026. I like it. I like that a lot. I think that is... Frank Reich's very underrated. Underrated coach, very good coach. Uh, both those guys are, are... I mean, as a general manager, I think Ballard's done a great job over there getting the, this team excellent players. Guys are going to be around for a long time. Brought in a great bridge quarterback in Rivers. Yep, I mean, he's he's taken that, that franchise and built it um, into a an every-year potential contender. I mean, really, they... they Quentin Nelson... I mean, how how great was that? He's been around for a, Ballard's been around for, around for a while, but bringing in a guy like Quentin Nelson, I mean, a guy that completely changed the face of your franchise as an offensive lineman, I mean, that's that's incredible to me. Um, and and Reich, he's been consistently, you know, uh, uh, a good head coach year over year. Um, they've been doing great things. And speaking of great things that Ballard's done. This is one of the big signings from this last week. The Colts went and extended Pro Bowl linebacker Darius Leonard to a five-year, $99.25 million deal. It makes him the highest-paid linebacker in the league, um, and it's deserved. Every every little bit of it is deserved. Um, and it, it it comes on the heels of, of the 49ers making uh, their boy the, the highest-paid linebacker in the league, but I like this Darius Leonard move. I think it's smart. I think they locked down one of the the best players, hands down that they could that they have, and uh, he deserves every little bit of it. I think he fortifies their defense. The Colts' defense has actually been really good over the last few years. Actually, I picked them up in fantasy. If you didn't notice, I did notice. Yeah, they they've been good for the last couple of years, and uh, I'll tell you what, Darius Leonard, it's a good pickup. I I like that. Even it well, not really a pickup, but a good extension. Um, even for the price, I mean, for that high price tag that they, they did it for. And the Colts have the cap space to do it. They, they are very well off 
on the cap, I think I think Ballard has done a uh, he's maneuvered the cap masterfully over the last several years. Has he not? Oh, 100%. Yeah. So I mean, I I love I love what they're doing uh over there in Indy. Um now, we had another signing go on. Guy comes off of uh, free agency. The linebacker slash edge rusher Justin Houston goes to the Ravens on a one-year, $2.075 million deal. Love it on every side of it. This, yeah. this is a great signing. You guys needed it. You, you really did. You needed it. Um, the two, dual purpose here. You needed it because you lost two main rushers. Yep. And he's going to be a great um, leader and mentor. Away. Yep, but uh, another thing that gets me is that he got you got him on a dime. Yes, two point oh seven five is is nothing for a guy like Justin Houston who who still plays at a very very high level. I think the Ravens' defense just became more imposing as if as if it could. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, and and somehow they always find a way to make it work. It's like um. The things that are guaranteed in life: death, taxes, and the Ravens having a good defense. defense. Yep, they they always do. Um, and, and I think this Justin Houston signing really just fortifies everything for them. It, it fixes a lot of, uh, um, the, the pass rush that they, they needed. They needed some pass rush that fixes a linebacker situation. They needed that. Um, and he can do both. He can rush the quarterback effectively. He can drop into coverage effectively. Um, and, and like I said, you're getting it on a dime. You're getting this, this, and even at, at his age, you're getting him on a dime. So I, I like this. I thought it was just, uh, as soon as I saw it, I said, ooh, everybody's in trouble. This is going to be a, a great move for them. One quiet thing no one's really talking about in, on that Ravens uh, four linebackers there is uh, Malik Harrison quietly got moved to the second middle linebacker slot. Yep. And I think you're going to see, uh, it, it doesn't seem like a lot, but Malik Harrison is a very good linebacker who didn't get a lot of credit coming into the draft. Right, and and... Getting him moved to that, and I think that's the the reason for the signing of Houston, because Houston usually plays outside. Yep. So, it it makes absolute sense. It but I he didn't move positions, but he was just bearing the depth chart. But now they're, right. they're going to trust him to the second starting spot. Oh, and gotcha. he's he's no Patrick Queen. Yeah, no, but he, no, he's not far off. No, I, I think, or he, he he his potential may not be far off. Right. I I think Patrick Queen is you're about to see in the next couple of years as best linebacker in the league, if not one of. No, well, you know maybe we'll see if they sign. We'll see if they sign him because the Ravens seem to have this. Uh, Martindale seems to have this weird intuition about knowing if if he's got a guy who's more system or more talent. Yeah, and he let Mosley go, which at first I was pissed at. Mm. I mean, you were shocked at, but then like oh. Yeah, Mosley Mosley proved to be a system guy. Like he's he was good, but uh, he's not. That level of good, right? And he's not, he's not the kind of guy that's going to go on to. Uh, but we also remember Mosley went to the Jets, which is just uh, also uh, fair. <laughs> I mean, where there was nothing fair going point. on. Went to the fucking nothing happening pond water drinking Adam Gase, and uh, with his coked out eyes. Well, Amy dodged the bullet, and this isn't Jets' fault. He tore his ACL in like, yep. week one. Yeah, yeah, he did. He got hurt, and so. then he sat out for COVID last year. So. We- he hasn't really played in two years. two years. Yep. So we're we're gonna see how he does with the Jets this year. But I mean it, that that's even though it was messy, you know. Here we go. Um, now let let's see here with uh, uh, DJ Chark. It, the Jaguars wide receiver J, DJ Chark breaks his finger, has surgery. He's expected to be back for Week One. Um, it's a huge deal. For the for the Jags, well, any injury is because um certain things can linger, and it's my thing is you got a rookie quarterback sitting back there, 
looking at your number one receiver breaking break his finger, and I understand they got Marvin Jones over there, but Marvin Jones, I to me, I think DJ, DJ Chark is better than Marvin Jones. Um, but DJ Chark breaking his finger, like how badly do you think that this negatively impacts the Jaguars' offense and Trevor Lawrence's development uh, moving forward? Um, not critical because I feel like they've had a good amount of time to get a good report going. Mm. It happened late enough in the game that I think they'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think they're going to be all right. My thing about about Lawrence, Lawrence needs to to. Uh, uh, I feel like he needs to have Chark on the field more, especially in these preseason games. Uh, Chark is aiming for a return in week one, which, I mean, hey, good for him. But he needs to have those preseason games to get a rapport with his quarterback. That's that's a big issue, and, and especially his rookie quarterback at that. You know, it's it's not like a, a free agent that just went to a new team and hopes for the best. You know, it's it's a guy that, that um, he's or you got a rookie that just came on, you know, just came on. So and and Lawrence has looked good. He looked good in the preseason game, but I don't know if I um, like am I am happy necessarily about the number one receiver going down when you got a rookie quarterback. Uh, so I I think this this affects him a little more um, than people expect. But hopefully Marvin Jones, for the Jaguars' sake, Marvin Jones will be able to to step up and handle business. Speaking of the Jags, they did trade former linebacker, Pro Bowl linebacker Joe Schobert to the Steelers for a 2022 sixth-round pick. Tyler, this is within your division. What do you think? What are you doing, Jags? <laughs> what are you doing? I, he's worth a lot more than that. He's worth a lot more than a sixth-rounder for sure. Um, I know he hasn't had uh, uh, excellent success with the Jags, but Joe Schobert, I mean, he's a good linebacker. <laughs> it's just mind-boggling. You're blown away right now by when, that. When I saw it, I'm like, come on. Yep. I I, I would have taken Joe Schobert. Shit. Anthony Barr right now, and, and we'll talk about that right now. Uh, Anthony Barr is currently dealing with a, an injury, an undisclosed groin injury. Mike Zimmer's being extremely vague about it. It's drawing concern from the fans. Shit, I'll take Joe Schobert. I'll take him. Go ahead and stick him where Anthony Barr's hat. <laughs> you know? I mean, for Christ's sake. If we could trade a six-rounder and get Joe Schobert, I'll take him. Give him to me. Yes. But uh, Anthony Barr right now is... Like, is, to, to put it in perspective. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Scott. But Ravens got a fifth-rounder yeah. for, for Vedvik, the this, kicker. This is bullshit. <laughs> to the Vikings. Uh, so bad. It was just so bad. That but, turned into Ben Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so the Vikings right now are, are dealing with the, the injury to Anthony Barr. This is strangely familiar to what went on with Daniil Hunter last year, where he said, oh, Daniil Hunter's suffering a minor tweak and da-da-da-da-da. And then here we are, Daniil Hunter, oh, by the way, he's going to now have neck surgery. Doesn't sound like a tweak. This is a Zimmer MO. Whenever he's being vague about an injury that may be more serious, that's holding guys out of practice, things like that. It's usually bad news bears. It's usually not a good thing. And and uh, here we are with Anthony Barr sitting on the sidelines. Mm, I'm not sure how I'm feeling about it. Uh, also in Vikings land with injuries, this one was a, uh, it was a nerve-wracking one. I watched the video of this and I was worried. Uh, Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson suffers a sprained AC joint in uh, practice. He was out for a few days, but has since returned to practice. 
I thought it, this was way worse than what it turned out to be. I was in an absolute panic. You know I've got a history of shoulder injuries myself. I saw the video. I don't know if you saw the video. I haven't. It was gross. And he lands on it, and it's like, oh, and you hear him just that that guttural scream. And I was like, oh, no, his season's over. He broke his collarbone or something. And it just turned out it was it was uh, a sprained AC joint. But the point is, is that you know the, these joint practices, while they're great, you know th- these are almost as dangerous as the preseason games, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, these guys are all getting hurt and falling on their shoulders and shit. And I mean, it's it well, bad. We may have talked. I don't know if we talked about it in the last show or not. Um, but but sometimes it doesn't, the joint practice doesn't matter. You you have idiot players who will go and. For whatever reason, helmet to helmet your own teammate and injure your oh, own yeah. team. Oh yeah, is that Broncos? Yep. <laughs> they, they they promptly cut him. Yes. Like I I get like like he's he's an undrafted rookie. He's trying to make his place on a team, but helmet to helmet ain't gonna get you. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna team. get you kicked off the team. And then I think it was Daniel Jones that ended up at the bottom of a, of of a pile. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Jones winds up on the bottom of a pile. People are are people know. punching Aaron yeah. Donald. I mean, what the what the hell is going on? Um, also in Viking land, uh, backup linebacker Cam Smith, who returned from heart surgery, uh, he's now announced his retirement via social media. Um, that one kind of tug- tugged at the heartstrings because that was his dream to be an NFL player, obviously. Uh, the guy's been, he, he was actually a really good backup linebacker for us, and he, he's played well in, in reserve roles. Um, and the guy was a super nice guy. He, he's just a super nice dude, and I was like, oh, you know, He's going to come back from this, and they're like, "Oh yeah, he's going to play football game and then uh, football again." And, and now he's he he figured out he can't. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, with after heart surgery, so Cam Smith retires, um, and uh, good luck to him. Uh, now, also in the NFC North, Bears second round, and this is another land of injuries here. The Chicago Bears uh, dealing with all kinds of injuries. Uh, second round rookie offensive tackle Tevin Jenkins to undergo back surgery. He's supposed to be anchoring that offensive line. Um, so he's going to be out for a while, back surgery for old Tevin Jenkins. But the bigger news right now, Bears first-round quarterback Justin Fields dealing with a groin injury. Um, Justin Fields came off that that really great showing in the preseason games. Uh, his arm looked great. I, I, I mean, I, I take that back. He looked great in the second half. In the first, in the first half, he looked like awful. The first half of that game was absolutely atrocious. Three straight three and outs. He, maybe he maybe he's needed some time to settle down. I guess, but we he got after halftime, and, and after halftime when they were down, he, he brought a comeback back, and good for him. I'm happy for him. But at the end of the day, Justin Fields, I mean, I still find him to be a bust. Now he's hurt. Now we're talking about a groin injury for a running quarterback. That everybody talks about how athletic and how speedy he is, and everybody's talking about, oh, look how good he's going to be because of this. Well, people downplay the groin injury. Yeah, it's one of the most lingering injuries that you that you, that you see a lot of players get. get just, oh yeah, just slow the rest of the season. Exactly, and and you know it's kind of funny that this and I I, I get I feel bad for the guy because he's got a groin injury and, and, and because who was it. The Niners running back. Didn't, didn't Brita have a good yeah. groin injury for the whole season pretty the much? The whole season. The guy, guy was running around. I, re- I remember having and him And they were workhorsing him, too. Yeah. Because they, oh, I'm ready to play. All right, 30 carries. Yep. And and yeah, I remember we were looking at it, and he was listed on fantasy as questionable the entire freaking season. <laughs> it was like, well, what's questionable? And then after a while, you're like, 
shouldn't you just up it to probable? Because chances are well, he's going to play. I feel in like there are weeks. I feel like there are weeks that said doubtful, and and, and like even said on. Um, Brita expected to be out, but all of a sudden you're watching, you turn the Niners game, it's like, wait, why is Brita playing? Yeah, he's playing and he's got 25 carries right now. What's happening? Um, but in spite of the, the the supposedly great showing from Fields on, on in the preseason, Matt Nagy comes out and says Andy Dalton remains QB1 in Chicago. Fields needs more reps with the well, starting if for the ask, offense. If you ask the crowd with who they want, they've made that very clear. Yeah, they want Justin Fields. Everybody believes Justin Fields is a savior. You and I have both made it very, very clear that we don't find Justin Fields to be the savior. We believe he's Haskins 2.0 and that he's well, going to be a bust. And I'm not saying he can't be. I, but yeah. I'm, I'm going back to my thing of... Sit your quarterback for the full year. I don't think Fields will be the starter. I don't feel think that. I mean, I take that. Dalton back. will see the first three games of starter at least. At least, I, I think you're going to see Fields come out of the field onto the field. But I don't think Fields is the real deal. And and I think Fields is going to flounder. And and for all those people that are saying Justin Fields, Justin Fields, I got guys at work right now. Justin Fields, Justin Fields. I, I'm sorry, I, I don't buy Justin Fields. I still don't buy Justin Fields. I'll believe it when I see it. And, I, and not only will I believe it when I see it, but I'll believe it when I see it consistently. Mm -hmm. Because we haven't seen consistent work from Justin Fields that makes me believe that it merits calling him a, a king shit of the universe like everybody's making him out to be. I just, I don't buy it. And I, I think he'll bust, but you know what? Um, the people who all went out and bought a uh, jersey for Fields aren't aren't as lost as all the people who bought jerseys for Tim Tebow. Yep, and Tim Tebow did get released by the Jags, and now and then he immediately retires afterwards. It's like, finally, Tim, it finally hit you to go the fuck home. All that was was uh, Urban having having a 90-person roster, so you know what? I'm going to give you a shot. Yep. Come work out, come see what you do, but the odds are you're not going to make the team. The thing about Tebow... And I, and I, and I called back. Yeah, the thing about Tebow in, in this situation... You, you knew he wasn't going to work out as a tight end. You knew that wasn't going to happen, even though he was a bigger quarterback. You knew it wasn't going to, he wasn't going to function well in that situation. But one thing that got me, so and for anybody who watched that preseason game for the Jags, um, was the block that he threw. Um, it was just so bad, and it, it to the point where it drew headlines. Like, look at this awful thing. Like, it was just bowling shoe ugly. And I, I couldn't believe, like, this guy is going to be your tight end. I can list like, thirty receivers that can block better. Yeah, it was it was pretty atrocious. He 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 basically like I mean it was high school bush league bad blocking. I mean and it's like well you have a rookie number one overall pick standing in the backfield and you're going to block like that. Oh buddy, you ain't going to last. As soon as that video came out, I'm like he's about to get cut, and then it was literally hours. And it was Tim Tebow's cut from the Jags. So, <laughs> you know my favorite uh, analogy when it comes to quarterbacks and, and linemen. Um, this would be the equivalent of having a Lamborghini in your garage because you have a decent O-line. Yep. But, ha but having the garage door open and putting a sign saying, we're not home. <laughs> That's basically what they did. That's exactly what they did. Now, um, speaking of offensive linemen, the Chiefs cannot catch a break, man. Uh, offensive lineman Laurent Duvernay-Tardif out for four to six weeks after breaking a bone in his hand. Um, the Chiefs are a, a, a team that they, they revamped their offensive line this offseason. Completely rebuilt it, really. And Duvernay-Tardif was supposed to be part of that. 
They had they went to the Super Bowl last year with all these guys having injuries. They didn't have their starting offensive tackles. They, I mean, they had one starter on that O line, if I'm not mistaken, going into that Super Bowl, and that's basically why they lost. They had no no, no pass blocking, no nothing for Patrick Mahomes. And here we are, four to six weeks for for Duvernay Tardif. That means he's going to miss the, probably the first two to three games. Um, he probably won't see action till week three or four. Uh, this is going to get ugly for the Chiefs if they don't get this guy back soon. I mean, they, they're like I said, their offensive line is completely revamped. Now, are there other great players on that old line? Yeah, guys like Joe Tooney are there. That's that's great. But here we are, and uh, <laughs> again, the Chiefs having injuries on their offensive line. So uh, that'll be fun for them. Also in that same division, good. we play week two. <laughs> also in that same division, the Raiders signed six-time Pro Bowl defensive lineman Gerald McCoy to a one-year, one point two five million dollar deal. I love it. He's slowing down a little, a little, a little, a little. But the signing just makes it a stupid great deal. It's a great deal for that price, one point two five for Gerald McCoy. Amazing. I love that deal. That's a better sign than Houston signing. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, and, and you know, he's a former Buck. He, he's, he's always been effective, always been a good player. Um, I love this signing. I thought that was great. Another great signing that went on for cheap. This was probably the signing of the week, actually. Bears agree to terms with former Eagles offensive tackle Jason Peters on a one-year, $1.75 million deal. That's the, sec- that's the second best one, I think. Uh, you really? You well, no, second? Jason Peters is still a I was going to say, it's even though he's older, Jason Peters is still a monster. And and I understand like he's had some injuries in the, in the last few years. When Jason Peters is healthy... He's one of the best offensive tackles in this league. Absolutely, and and I I mean we're talking probably top three or four. I mean mm-hmm. when he's healthy, so the Bears get a coup and they get the guy for one seven five. Woo, buddy! You betcha I'm taking that. But the one I was gonna I was gonna compare it to was the Niners. Yeah, Clinton Dix on one year nine hundred ninety thousand. Uh, yeah, ha ha Clinton Dix. I never understood. So the Niners get ha ha Clinton Dix one year nine hundred ninety k. That that's huge. That's that's like it's damn near veteran minimum. Yeah, that's. I, well, mean, I think it is. Yeah, I think it's veteran minimum, and and it's strange to me because Haha Clinton Dix was very good for the Packers for a, 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 a what five years. I mean, he's been a good player. I don't understand how this guy and and nobody is considering him. Nobody is looking at him. Haha Clinton Dix. He's not you know top tier. He's not a guy that's that's a top shelf safety. He's he's not Harrison Smith or anything. But Haha Clinton Dix, at least to me, has always been a a middle of the road kind of. If I had to give it a one to a hundred, like an eighty overall kind of guy. He's he's mm-hmm. not he's not you know gonna gonna set the world ablaze here. But he's gonna wind up being an effective safety for you. So how in the hell do you let a guy like Haha Clinton Dix sit on free agency? And and then you, yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand why this guy only gets nine hundred ninety k. I don't know. I don't know. Like you must, unless this is by design from Clinton Dix himself. Yeah, maybe. Because if he goes out and say he comes out and gets like say twelve interceptions. Yeah, if he blows, he'll be the world signing up. a deal for like four year, forty five mil. Right. He's he's always been good. So I don't understand this completely unless he's just betting on himself, essentially. 
Um, I, and and I don't understand how the Packers didn't re-sign him to a long long-term deal. That's, well, but I, didn't he didn't he spend a year on a different team as it was? Yeah, but I don't understand how the Packers didn't take a, didn't bring him on board as it is. You know, when when they had the opportunity. I mean, they, he's always been a a, a big money guy or a, a big big time guy, a big time player for them on the on the defensive side of the football. So I don't understand how you don't sign the guy. Um, speaking of the Packers and, and defensive backs, they go and trade cornerback Josh Jackson to the Giants for cornerback Isaac Yeadum. Is that how you pronounce that? Yeadum? Close enough. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but they, I, this is another strange one by the Packers. Yeadum's a, a relative no, nobody, and Josh Jackson actually has played very well for them. And for a while, Josh Jackson was making headlines as this could be the next big corner for the for the this Packers. This tells me there's some sort of uh, issue with Josh Jackson and the team. So they're just mm-hmm. trying to maybe just kind of get so you get someone that's a little less known, but maybe you can kind of yeah build get, around it. Yeah, it's because it's a weird one. Jackson, he's he's got a lot of versatility. He's able to play corner. He's able to play safety. Um, he's done both effectively. Um, I, I, I'm confused by this move. I, I think he knows the Packers system really well. Uh, I think he's, I, I think taking Yadam is a, is a downgrade for the Packers, but maybe it's just me, but the Packers just dumping defensive backs, good defensive backs at that, just left and right. I don't understand this move. Um, I, I think he's a, he's kind of one of those really good utility guys that they should, they should be keeping around a uh, higher end guy. So not sure. Also in Packerland, uh, cornerback uh, quarterback Jordan Love suffers a shoulder injury. The MRI came back negative, but he did not practice this past Monday. The status is in, in doubt for the, uh, the second preseason game. Um, probably good to just keep him out anyway. I mean, I would I would at, at that point. Yeah. It means that they're only going to be starting their third-string quarterback. They've got one other quarterback on that roster, and they're only going to keep that guy in for the, the duration of this game. So we'll see how that guy works out. Bentley is it? I think. I think. Yeah. <coughs> I think that's his name, Bentley. But uh, yeah, he's um, he'll be the guy that's that's seeing because they're not going to stick Aaron Rodgers in a preseason game. No. You'd be outside your mind if you see something like that going on. So that happened. Um, also, Bill Belichick has not stated which Patriots quarterback will start in Week One. Uh, Mac Jones had a great preseason showing, um, which was. A little surprising. It caught me off guard. Yeah, it, it was probably the one, the one thing that caught me off guard as far as the quarterback play goes. Uh, I was pretty impressed with Mac Jones. Uh, I, I, a lot of people were, a lot of people were were impressed with him. He probably, I mean, a lot of people are touting Justin Fields and saying he played the best out of all the quarterbacks and whatever the case may be. I think it was Mac Jones. Um, Trey Lance, uh, he. He had one good play, and then he went five for twelve. You know, you had Trevor Lawrence. A majority of them went about six for nine. Yeah. On, the, on their passes, a majority of them did. But that was a beautiful pass by Lance. Oh yeah, it was. But Mac Jones looked better than Cam. Mm-hmm. He really did. He looked better than Cam. I I can't get over how good Mac Jones looked. I think Mac Jones winds up in the starting role over there in uh, New England sooner rather than later in this situation. It's gonna it's gonna get ugly over there. More of that will be answered as we go into week two preseason. Yep. Um, Also, Patriots tight end Hunter Henry, he's to miss several weeks of camp due to a shoulder injury. Belichick says it's day-to-day, but I think he's going to miss probably a few weeks. Hunter Henry just can't catch a break. 
We did, we talked about when he signed there. Yeah. Dude can't stay healthy. It's been nonstop. The guy can't catch a break. I, I and he's always hurt. He was hurt almost every year he was with the Chargers, and now he's hurt with the Patriots. I, I just don't understand how. And and they gave a lot him, of talent. Yep, they, a ton of talent, ton of talent. Just durability issues out the wazoo. I, I don't understand how the how this get this goes on. Um, one guy that isn't having durability issues at least anymore, Amari Cooper. He passes his physical for the Cowboys. He's removed from the pup list. He's going to resume practicing for the Cowboys. That is a huge coup for the boys in Dallas, especially Dak Prescott. Dak's going to need him. He is. Um, and and they actually have like their receivers over there aren't bad. You know, you got the Michael Gallup and you got Amari Cooper and I mean you you've got some good receivers over there. But that is, and you got C.D. Lamb. I mean, I think you'll see a big improvement from Lamb this year too. A lot of people think that. A lot of people really do think that. I believe that that uh, Amari Cooper still, however, is going to wind up being the number one in Dallas. Oh, for sure. Oh, sorry, my mouth is getting dry here. I could see um Lamb having Whew. the because uh, I remember you and being wrong, and I love calling you wrong. I, th- I think you could see Lamb have the, the, the type of progression, the, the slow and steady but reasonable progression that D.J. Moore had. To in- interesting first year, second year slight improvement, and then blow up. Where was I wrong? You called D.J. Moore a bust after his first oh, season. after his first season. Yeah, his first season was and bad. And that, that he's going to be nowhere near close to Ridley's <clears throat> talent. Now they're, I'd say they're about equal. I don't think they're equal. I think Ridley is still better. Yeah, but the difference isn't quite as bad as it was after the rookie years. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the difference is nearly as bad. I think Ridley is has been head and shoulders above DJ Moore, um, and and now he's but DJ Moore is doing it with a significantly less talented quarterback, which is worth taking consideration. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm Ridley's always had Ryan, who's who's top five quarterback. Uh, no, not always a top five quarterback. Last year he was a little rough, but still, Ridley. I think Ridley is. Um, I, I still think he's the better player. I, I've always thought he was the better player. Um, I think Ridley will continue to be the better player. He's now taking on the number one role over in in Atlanta, and uh, he's going to do well. Is DJ Moore the number one in Carolina? Absolutely. I, I think. Um, <clears throat> I think Calvin Ridley. If you were to move him into the area of Carolina. Where he was playing, let's say you stuck him with Teddy Bridgewater, I believe that Calvin Ridley still puts up the same numbers that he did when he was with Matt Ryan. That's uh, very well possible. So I mean, I, I believe that. But Ryan uh, put up forty five hundred yards last season, though. So. Yeah. So I mean, and that's also with Julio on the field. Well, partially, <laughs> partially, partially, yes, partially. He's hurt. Uh, he, Julio was the uh, Hunter Henry last year. Yeah, yeah, he's hurt quite a bit. Um, speaking of, of guys uh, burning people, Hunter Renfro goes out and burns Jalen Ramsey multiple times at the Raiders-Rams joint practice. Uh, Ramsey goes out and helmet-to-helmet shots a guy during the practice, starts a fist fight. <laughs> well, do you see Ramsey's response Yeah, today? he says, I don't see where he burned me. I'm not sure. Da, 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 da. I went through all the video. I didn't find one. Yeah, well, uh, everybody else seemed to see it. So, uh, yeah, I... It, do you think Hunter Renfro is the real deal, or did he just look good in practice one day? I think he looked good in practice one day. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon to know. Um, Sean Payton comes out and says on Michael Thomas that he's ahead of schedule to return to the Saints, uh, which is good news for the Saints considering their quarterback debacle that's going on. Uh, Michael Thomas, it, it, this has been an ongoing saga uh, now between the two of them. 
Michael Thomas injures himself, decides he is not going to get surgery, goes get surgery. Sounds like it's on purpose. Yep. Goes and gets surgery late. The the Saints throw shade at him over it because they're all pissed off that he waited to go get the surgery till late. He comes out and says, "Well, fuck you. I want to go get traded." And they say, "Hey, wait a minute. We don't want we don't want you to go." So then he goes, "All right. Well, I won't go, but you need to shut the fuck up." And so this has been the back and forth issue that we've been experiencing with the Saints and Michael Thomas. But this is what I expect out of Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is a loudmouth. Michael Thomas is a big mouth. He is a, a prima donna. He thinks he's bigger than the team. And this is what the Saints signed up for when they gave him that big-ass extension. Um, I understand Michael Thomas is a great player. He really is. He's got good hands. Um, I, I'll take that back. Michael Thomas is a great player in the trenches. He's great on slant routes. He's great on, on drag routes. He's not a long ball receiver. He's great in traffic. That's what he's there for. And, and he's a great possession receiver. That's what Michael Thomas is there for. He's never going to go out and give you your 85-yard bomb down the field you know, for the big, long touchdown. That's just not what he does. But Michael Thomas in this situation, um, he... Is since he's he's been given that big deal, and since he broke that record for receptions by running 80 million slant routes every year, um, he believes that he's the greatest receiver that ever played the game, and he he's he's basically becoming like it's almost like To 2.0 over here. It's it's getting or Chad Johnson 2.0. It's it's getting a little out of control. Yeah, if you ask Michael Thomas, like, hey, what what receiver do you think you um you you reminds you of yourself? He goes. Uh, Jerry Rice's talent with uh, Calvin Johnson's <laughs> physicality, and I, actually, I have Ty- I have Tyreek Hill speed too. Yeah, yeah. It, it I just don't use it. You know what it reminds me of? It, it reminds me of that that skit from Chappelle's show where the guy's like, "Who are the best rappers ever?" And he's like, "I'll give you top five: Dylan, 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 and Dylan. That's me." And so, like, that's Michael Thomas right now. Ty- Michael Thomas is basically saying, "I'm the greatest of all time," and he's not. And um, but this is what the Saints signed up for. They, they signed up for the loudmouth prima donna, and and the guy hasn't like honestly, to be honest about Michael Thomas, he hasn't he hasn't shut the fuck up for a, two a, you what a year and a half two years no, now. No, he hasn't. I mean, the guy is just a loudmouth piece of garbage, and he just needs to shut his fucking mouth. I'm so sick of Michael Thomas. I'm not gonna lie. I'm sick of his mouth. As great of a player as he is, like if the dude just shut up, it would be a whole different story. And he just doesn't. Like, that's why people love Jerry Rice so much. Jerry Rice was just quiet and just beat the shit out of you. That's why people love Barry Sanders. He's just quiet and he beat the shit out of you. I mean, really. And then you get Michael Thomas. Just shut up, bro. Just play the game. My God. Um, speaking of uh, re-signings and shit like that, well, let me start with this. The Panthers we got to talk about this. Panthers, they go and trade offensive tackle Greg Little. They, they, <laughs> he, this is worse than Schobert. He's a bust. He's a bust. He hasn't played well. It's still worth more than seventh round pick. He's a seventh rounder. He hasn't played well at all. His PFF grades have been terrible. Um, they send him to Miami for a seventh round selection. I mean, <clears throat> we both thought, both you and I, and I remember during this draft, you and I both thought Greg Little was going to be the real deal. Still could. We thought he was going to be the real deal when, when Carolina grabbed him, and he's not, and here we are. You know, he's just falling apart. And now he goes to Miami, 
and he is gonna gonna try and rebuild his career. I guess, I guess that's what we're dealing with. But that's that's what we've got over there. Um, the Seahawks. We're going to this. The Seahawks re-sign safety Jamal Adams, four years, seventy million dollars, makes him the highest-paid safety in the league. I think it's far too much. I don't think it should be the highest-paid. safety There's in the a league. lot of talk on this one. I think some it's, people say that he's that he's not worth starting. I, but that's a, but those are the people that 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 look at interception numbers is the only thing that matters. No, I mean, and here's the thing about about Jamal Adams, and here's my problem. I don't think he's worth seventy million. I don't think Jamal Adams has been worth seventy million. Um, I think Jamal Adams should he been extended? Yes, he should have been Closer extended. To sixty. I would have given him sixty. I would have even gone as low as fifty five for this guy. Seventy million, making him the highest paid safety in the league. I don't so know he's, about a, all he's that. a very good safety. Talk. He he does um, interrupt a lot of passes. Yep. Uh, he is a hard hitting safety. Mm-hmm. Um, a la Palomalu type of hard hitting. Uh, yeah. I'll even give him that. Yep. And and for a while, I've been able to de- to defend the interception things. No, he he's more and he doesn't get past two, which is accurate. But you got to have more than two at this stage in your career. Right, 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 right. I I just I don't find Jamal Adams. My big problem with Jamal Adams, uh, and on top of the lack of interceptions, which aren't the end all be all when it comes to being a safety in this league, my issue with him comes strictly down to durability. Jamal Adams has not been durable throughout his career. He's been injury prone. We've seen several occasions where Jamal Adams has missed several games. Hell, I mean, one year with the Seahawks. I mean, look at look at his injuries. He was hurt for a majority of the season at one point last season. I mean, Jamal Adams, I don't buy this. I don't buy this contract. I don't like this contract. I don't think he deserves to be the highest paid safety in the league. And this puts him above Justin Simmons, who I also don't think needs to be the highest paid safety in the league. If we're talking highest paid safety in the league, we're talking... A honey badger. We're talking, you know, Harrison Smith. We're even, even in spite of their age. I'd, I'd be good with Simmons as number one. I, I see. I'm not good with Simmons as number one because Simmons doesn't have the pass. Uh, he's a hard hitting, uh, kind of a run support type of safety, but he is not a pass coverage type of safety. He's not the guy that's going to come up and and help your corners. That's just not Justin Simmons' mo, and it's never been. He's never been a pass coverage type of safety. He's always been one of those hard-hitting, um, kind of Palomalu linebacker type of safeties. Two I'd put near the top of the list would probably be like a Amika Fitzpatrick. I like that. Josh Johnson. I can dig that. I can dig both those guys. And then there is another one, but... Who's that? It's tough, given the, the lack of tape on him, but as far as um, pure great players... Mm-hmm. I think Derwin James has the capability of being the best safety ever played. Yeah, if if Derwin James if could he stay could, on the goddamn field, yeah, if he could stay healthy, then, then no safety can touch him, in my opinion. Yeah, I think he's great and a hard hitting guy, and, and he's he's a ball hawking kind of safety, and he, he plays. So I'd be well. curious to see what his extension looks like. I don't know that he's going to get it because you have to pay him. But, I mean, you have to pay him for for his. Yeah, I see. I. It he, just may not be the Chargers. He hasn't been pay, been been healthy for one season since he came in the league. What? And this is year three for him, isn't it? I think so. And so he hasn't been healthy once. Not once has that man been healthy. So I have I have issues here with with the Derwin James situation. If he can be healthy, he it's a didn't different play a game last year. His rookie season, he played all sixteen, and then in twenty nineteen, only played five games. He played all sixteen in his rookie year. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so so in year four, and he's and he's basically missed two seasons. Yeah. So I mean, you, you've missed. You've only played a third of your seasons. He's been hurt. I mean, 
I, I don't know that it's he gets tough. His, now if he if he comes out and he balls out this year and he balls out and, and they do if they do hold up his fifth year option, say they do because he was a first round guy if I'm not mistaken. If they do set up his fifth year option and they they roll with it at that stage of the game, do you do you um, give him the big extension? Let's say he balls out next year and he balls out in year five. Do you extend him five years, six years, Tyler? I think you do. Uh, now, do you give him uh, like the stupid amount of money and that they, they the just gave? Have exercised it? Yeah. Oh, they exercised the fifth year. Okay. Yeah. So you got two so, years to to see what he's. Worth. I think you definitely don't give him the extension until the. Uh, I think you you take the risk of making him unrestricted. Do you give him Jamal Adams money? It depends. If he balls out the next two seasons. Yeah. Honestly, you know what I do? I think you have to do it. It's it's it's, it's not during James's fault. Injuries happen. I think you tag them. You give yourself three years with them. A franchise tag on them. Well, would that... Man, that would be a lot of money, though. But it's one year. One year. And then if he balls out that third year, then yes, he gets like four years 80 mil. Right. Assuming he plays at the level yeah. that we expect him to play. That gives you three years on it. And if the cap goes up the way you expect it to go, tagging yeah. him is not going to be that big of a deal. I expect that cap to skyrocket. I really I think do. that's the move. Yeah, that might be because three full seasons. If he plays three full, even if this is a game or two, I don't. I don't care about a game or two. You're right. Um, if 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 he, if he plays at least fourteen games the next three seasons mm-hmm. and plays to the level that we expect him to play, yeah, yeah, four gets, years eighty gets, gets wild. Yeah, I could see that. Um, also with uh, defensive back contracts, the Dolphins restructure the contract of uh, now former holdout, uh, the cornerback Xavier Howard. Uh, they're going to pay him 16.3 for this season, fully guaranteed, and then they've agreed to look into his contract next spring. Um, Howard, he was on a, a decent deal. He's actually proven this like this last year and uh, the year before, he's arguably the best corner in the league right now. Xavier Howard is. Yeah, it can be argued. Um, and and he wasn't getting paid shit for his contract. He was set to make 6.3 this upcoming season. Do you believe that? Really? Yeah. He was set to make 6.3. Now he's about to make 16.3. <laughs> they they took his workout bonus and, and everything else, and they, they just lumped it into his salary and said, all right, we're going to make it fully guaranteed, and then next spring we're going to go ahead and we're going we're gonna to see your contract. I think this is a smart move by Miami. I think, I think they got their number one corner on the field. They got him actually at a good price. I mean, really, a number, well, probably the top corner in the league right now. Getting back on the field for sixteen million—that's a really reasonable price for for the top corner in the league. And crazy enough, he wasn't even the the highest paid corner on his team because of of Baker the the Baker. Nothing wrong team. Who no. that trade over there? The, the kid from Dallas. I forget his yeah. name. Yeah, but uh, is that the one who's paid more though? Right. Yeah, that's the one that's paid more, and he has not turned out well. <laughs> he has not. He has not done well over there. So I mean, I understand Howard's gripe. I get it, and he got paid. Um, Miami oh, Byron Jones. Byron Jones. That's it. Um, I was thinking DeAndre Baker. Yep. Byron Jones is the the was the higher paid one. Now Xavier Howard's getting paid properly, and they're going to reassess his contract this this upcoming spring, or which which is smart on their end. I think that's smart. It makes sense. And, and it was a reasonable solution to the situation for the time being, and then they can kind of reassess things 
um, next season when they're looking at their salary cap and seeing where the salary cap winds up going. Because if we see an increase in the salary cap, they might not have a problem re-signing him long-term. Mm-hmm. So that that's going to be the the beauty of that. Um, <clears throat> the Bucks they give uh, defense coordinator Todd Bullis a three-year extension. I love this. Good coordinator, bad coach. Yep, bad head coach, good coordinator. He's proven he can be a good coordinator. Great linebacker coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so Todd Bolas gets his uh, his extension over there and uh, continues to to uh, bring it home there with Bruce Arians and company and the Bucks. Um, the former Giants running back Dion Lewis retires after eight seasons. Um, he never really got his due. No, he's kind of like a. <clears throat> A, a career change of pace sort of yeah. being used kind of guy. The thing that got me about Dion Lewis for a while there is I the, he had the one year where he blew up. Um, you, you remember their their starting running back goes down. Dion Lewis comes in and actually had a good season. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised that they didn't just say, "Well, fuck it, I've got this Dion Lewis guy. I'm just going to use Dion Lewis," because I thought he was going to be the next big thing in New York. And uh, they just stuck him in the back again and said, oh, well, you're, you're still Mr. Backup. And uh, that was a, that year, if I'm not mistaken, was a year that they won a Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. Yeah. So uh, to me, I, I think Deion Lewis should have been the starter there, and they could have done it on a discount and had him for, for next to nothing. But I digress. That's what they're dealing with <laughs> with New York. But uh, Deion Lewis, he goes and retires. Um, next up, the Seahawks, they released defensive end Alden Smith amid allegations of second-degree battery. Um, What's th- wrong with this dude? I don't know. I don't know. He has been released from so many teams over drunk driving charges and second-degree battery charges, and it's just like he's he's hitting that that thing where it's just like, yeah, it's time to go. Really, he's just—he's hitting that wall where where there's too many off the field. Yeah, issues. you already spent a couple seasons away, and you can't try to come back. And yep, it's it's done. He was he he was off the field for four years because of all of his DUIs, and now he's sitting there with an allegation of second degree battery. Put a cap in it. Yep, <clears throat> that's that's game over for him. Um, the FBI is now probing allegations in the Deshaun Watson case. Several accusers have had their claims debunked. Basically, they've. It's crazy. So this this whole case has gone to the uh, Supreme Court, which is just interesting. Which is wild in itself. Yeah. But uh, the the attorney for Deshaun Watson has basically sat in the courtroom and read aloud the text messages that were sent from these ladies uh, to Deshaun Watson. Um, And basically the look of the whole thing is that a lot of them were really having a good time and and uh, it was very consensual situations and then one of them tried to hold him up for 50 million dollars yeah there's not because now that one's being looked at for extortion crimes yep so so this is actually starting to look further and further into sean watson's favor we we sat there uh, and i remember when this all started and this is one of those ones where I'm going to call you out. When this started, you said, well, if there's that many accusers, it's got to be a... Well, I don't know now, Tyler. Well, I said if there's that many accusers, there's got to be at least one. There's still plenty out there that he's, that he's still whale on the hook for. The, there, were, there were 22. Now we're, we're getting down to closer to, what is it, 14 or 13 now? I mean, they're just I, eliminating each one, one by one. I'm thinking more, we're going to we're looking at the, the, the first one that came out was, is going to be the, the likely the the accurate one. Mm. You know, like, oh, 
I slept with him once. Let's try this. <laughs> so that's what they're they're dealing with over there. Um, I saved this story as one of the last ones just because it's funny and because of, of what we've dealt with on this show. The 49ers have waived quarterback Josh Rosen, <laughs> who is now looking for his fifth team after clearing waivers. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe... I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna segue this well. The con- maybe he should go sign with the Bills, so maybe his own um, buddy Josh Allen from the same class can go buy him a steak dinner. Yeah, maybe. I don't. Man, he um he has a, been a consistent LVP for us on this show. We we've seen that on several occasions. Consistent I, Leafs valuable like player. We, I feel like I, I I always go back to Scott Ryan calling him the most pro ready quarterback. That's what they said, and you know it wasn't me saying that. Let me make that clear. I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking. But you, you backed him up on it. No, I'm I'm just said all I said was the scouting report on it is that he's the most pro ready quarterback out of the bunch. That was the scouting report. Do you think <clears throat> Do you think he was? I've... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and and I I wasn't just it wasn't me pounding my fist on the table going this guy's the most pro ready da 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 no 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 this is what the scouting reports were saying they're saying he's the most pro ready quarterback in the league and didn't he kind of come in out the, and, and, and and make make a fuss about people people being drafted before him uh Neil Haskins did oh Haskins did That's Haskins okay. did yeah and and we saw how that turned out there weren't a lot of good quarterbacks from that class I'll just throw that out there there really weren't. I mean, Baker Mayfield's questionable. He's hit or miss. Josh Allen no, is good. Well, they're they're on their way to calling it the best, um, one of the best um, quarterback classes of all time, or close really? to, with Baker, Josh, Lamar, and uh, well, Darnold, Jury Slot, and Darnold. Yeah, I don't know. But they're calling they're calling it the best trio since uh, the the Eli Ben and uh, uh, Rivers. Oh, gotcha. Because that's when they always call the best of all time. Yeah, I have questions about Baker Mayfield's too. Jury, jury's still I think out ba- on him. I think Baker's going to hone into his own. Yeah, I, so I, I think they're on their way to calling it that. Oh boy! But and speaking of this class, though. yeah. But Josh Allen, the Bills go out and they get it done—a six-year, two hundred and fifty-eight million dollar extension, huge deal, forty-three per year. Um, uh, Baker and Lamar got to be going. Yes. Yeah, they're they're if. If either one of those guys, Baker, Lamar, either one of them, if they win a Super Bowl, they're getting more than than Mahomes. More than Mahomes. They're getting more than Mahomes. Unless either one of them do the Brady-Rogers-Breeze route. If they're smart, they will. If they're smart. I think the only one that might is given the scenario, because let's let's be honest, Mm -hmm. agents are greedy. Right. I think the only one that could... Things could change. Mm-hmm. That I think the only one has the chance, and I'm I'm calling it less than twenty percent. That's Lamar, mm-hmm. given that his agent is still his mom. Yeah, <laughs> but at least she's not on Instagram. Yeah. Oh my God, Zach Wilson. <laughs> Jesus. Fun fact about about um, Josh Allen's contract: mm-hmm. two hundred fifty-eight million. Yep. That is two hundred fifty-eight million more than Josh Rosen's making. Oh, there you <laughs> go. That's perfect. That's perfect. So he got it made in the shape. So, uh, and those are our news stories. You got freaking Josh Allen, Baker, and Lamar, and I won't count Darnold because he changed teams. Um, they're going their fifth year. They're going their fourth year, and we haven't even hit Josh Rosen's fifth year option that he be, he would have been eligible for. He's already been on five teams. Yep. 
That's terrifying. But those are our news stories around the league. Uh, Tyler, we're going to take a quick break here, and then we're going to jump into an edition of Tyler's Top Ten. It looks like um, we, we've got uh, some of that, and we got Freytown's Forgotten Five, so we've got that going on as well. We are three weeks away from the season, Tyler, so uh, let's go ahead and take a breather. We're going to jump in with Tyler's Top Ten when we come back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's, or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Blitz. I'm your host, Tyler Dean. And it's now time for a segment we like to call. Hey, wait a minute. And I'm your co-host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown. This motherfucker. Now, I want to point out, today, I, I've noticed today, when I was going, we had so many freaking, like, stupid-ass news stories today. I was, like, so off. Like, I was, like, trying to pick and choose which ones. There's a lot of just little ones. It was just everywhere. I was everywhere earlier. My brain was just... Now you blew me, I'm not going to introduce you. It's a new role. Mush. Oh, I'm God. Well, I will introduce my damn self. I'll just just keep trying to jump in. The fabulous one, Scotty Freytown. Mm -hmm. Shut your face. Um, (laughs) So we're here again. And, uh, Tyler, we've got a uh, special segment here. Our, we're three weeks before the draft, and we're going to go into a little segment that we like to call... Tyler's Top Ten! Tyler's Top Ten! Oh, yeah. yeah. We're back. We're back with Tyler's Top Ten. I get it. I love these. What we got this time is um, Top Ten Triplets. Offensive Triplets. Do One, two, three tandems. Oh, okay. And it, and it doesn't have like, the usual you see is like a quarterback, running back, receiver. Mm-hmm. But we we did it a little bit different, and yep. did it in the sense of just the, the the best tandems. It could be it could be quarterback two receivers. It could be two running backs. Hell, it could even not even be a quarterback at all. Right. I mean, the odds of that making it's probably slim, but yep. it could happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Okay. So we we've got the the triplets laid out here for you. Um, yeah, I got I, I got my ten and got them all ordered. Okay, well let's let let's get down to business. What do we have? I think I think I think my order will kind of surprise you a little bit. Yeah. Number ten, the Browns, Mayfield, Chubb, and I went Landry over Hunt. I I I sort of agree with it. Um, well, I, I do agree with it. I, I I know we everybody likes to talk about that that two headed monster of Chubb and Hunt. Um, and I know a lot of people are going, well, what about Odell? Well, Odell has been crap. 
since he went to Cleveland. Let's be real. Landry has been the guy. And uh, when o- the, actually, I believe that the, the Browns performed better when Landry was on the field versus when Odell was the guy doing the number one thing. So I agree with this. I think Landry should be the number one there, and I think that Landry is is the more fitting character over both Hunt and Odell. And you can you can try all you want. Like if I didn't do Landry, it would have been Hunt. If I didn't do Hunt, it would have been Higgins. If I didn't do Higgins, it would have been Peoples Jones, not Odell. Yeah, Odell needs a go because I think um, uh, Landry, Peoples Jones, and Higgins are a great one, two, three. Higgins. Rashard Higgins. Oh, Rashard. Okay. You're thinking T. Higgins. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, T, yeah. wait a minute, T's over in Cincy. Yeah, Rashad, Rashad Higgins, he, he played good last year. Yep. Number nine, mm-hmm. the Rams. Stafford, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, it, to, for me, is the one that kind of brings them down the rankings a little bit, but mm-hmm. if you're top 10 offense, you're top 10 offense. I think Robert Woods is a great receiver. Underrated still. Un- very underrated. He, he gets used in a lot of gadget plays that, I mean... A lot of these, uh, uh, you know, sweeps and, and a lot of these reverses, I, I had Robert Woods in fantasy last year, and I didn't realize until I actually saw his numbers just how many packages the Rams use him in as far as, as a running back goes. You know, he's a, he's a receiver that they utilize in those little type of gadget plays, and it's, it's something really special. Um, Cooper Cup, even though he's injury prone, he is a great receiver. He has the ability to be really, really good. It's just a matter of <clears throat> Cooper Cup actually uh, staying on the field, staying mm-hmm. healthy, and and that seems to be and a to going trend. And to see if trend. Stafford uses him the, in the proper way. Yep. Too. And this is going to be a different thing. You know, I want to see what Matt Stafford does because Matt Stafford is not the same quarterback that Jared Goff was, um, and and they're they're two completely different type of quarterbacks. And not that Stafford's slowing down yet, because he really isn't. No. But I think you'd be talking almost like a guaranteed Super Bowl if you're talking having Stafford here two years ago. So oh, yeah. Two years ago, Stafford, Todd Gurley, and basically when it was the Todd Gurley year, mm-hmm. and then having Woods, Cup, and Cooks. Yes, I It'd agree. Be damn near guaranteed Super Bowl. Yep, I guarantee I, I The issue here is the offense has been crippled a little bit. Yep. And because the big hit, I don't think we talked about it, in, the, in your news, I don't think we talked about it two weeks ago either. Was uh, the injury to uh, Cam, Cam Akers. Akers? Yep, uh, we may have talked about it two weeks ago. But that's a big hit, yeah, because Henderson's not the guy. Henderson is not the guy, and and they actually have an uh, undrafted rookie that I think will be the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy named by the name of Jake Funk. I'm going to throw that in record right now. I think yep. he's going to end up being the starter. Wow. Well, yeah, and Henderson, I like Henderson. I think he's uh, he is um, a, a little injury prone. And that's kind of what you're seeing out of Henderson right now. He's listed as questionable. Um, I want to see if he can be on the field consistently. As long as he stays on the field consistently, they're good. Henderson was more of a goal line back last year mm-hmm. is what he was more utilized as, whereas Cam Akers blew up um, after week eight. Cam Akers became the the man, you know, over there with the Rams. Um, we'll see what Henderson does. But, but ultimately, uh, I, I agree with you, the Stafford Cup, Woods combo, this could be a very dangerous Rams team, especially if they wind up having a run game underneath them to go with it. But this is going to be a pass-first offense with Stafford at the helm. Number eight, this one's going to cause a surprise. The Bucks, Brady, Evans, Godwin. It's not a surprise. And, and here's why it's not a surprise to me at all. Um, Evans was spectacular last year 
Uh, he had, had his drops at times, he, though, Yeah, still. They, they do have – both of them did. They had a case of the dropsies. Godwin was a little injury-riddled in, injury last year. He didn't break 1,000, but he had 12 touchdowns. Evans, he had uh, 1,006 yards or something like that, and I think he had seven or eight touchdowns. I mean, both guys are getting in the end zone consistently. Both guys are red zone threats. Both guys are, are still two of the most dangerous receivers in this league, hands down. I think um, with Tom Brady throwing him the football, I, I fully am 100% on board with that. Yeah, I, I know they just won a Super Bowl, but Tom Brady still isn't the same Tom Brady from five years ago. Not at all. He is slowing down. He knows that. And the stats last year kind of showed that. Yep, that dictated that. Um, I think you put Ronald Jones in, the, in one of those in Evans and Godwin's spot, and their, their spot rankings doesn't move. No, I think they, that's about right. You you've got them. I think right. I, I I think I gave Godwin a slight edge over Jones. Yes, I agree with because that. Because if we're talking total offense, Bucks are higher in the list. But we're talking just <clears> the, the three. The thing about Ronald Jones is Ronald Jones. Uh, uh, he blew up a little bit last year. Last year was sort of a career year for him. Jones hasn't been anything to write home about. Everybody thinks Rojo was. Was like this big deal before he, you know, started off hot. Then he kind of slowed down, and I don't want to say he fizzled, <clears> but he kind of slowed down to like an average go. Right, and and a lot of people made out Rojo like he was like like this big deal the years prior, like before last season, and he wasn't. He was bad. He was bad. He didn't play well. So I mean, I I, I remember having Ronald Jones on my team and being like, nope, and sending him back to waivers. I mean, like, really, he was not good. So, I, I mean, I, I don't think Ronald Jones is as good as everybody's making him out to be, but I think Ronald Jones, um, in this current situation, has every opportunity to be successful. But I think you're absolutely pegged it right. It's Brady, it's Evans, it's Godwin. Those are the big three in Tampa. Number seven, Cowboys. Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper. 100% agree. Uh, if it wasn't for Dak's injuries coming off of, they'd be higher. Yes. Ezekiel Elliott, um, even though he had a rough year last year. If you look at his numbers before Dak went down, he was even well. though they were losing, because they were like 1-4 or, mm-hmm. or some shit, but they're all, I, I believe they're 1-4 in the number one offense. Yeah, their their offense was humming, but their defense has been bad, and they've done nothing to, to fix their defensive situation in the, over in there. In the moment Dalton came in, every defense just put their eyes on Zeke. Yep, and it's not exactly Zeke's fault. No, it's not, and and that offense lives and dies by Ezekiel Elliott. That's that's what it's always been. That's what it's been for the last several years. They they live and die by Zeke's presence, um, and if Zeke's not moving, neither are they. Because the the difference here with Dak and Zeke versus Tannehill and Elliott, or not Elliott, uh, Henry, is uh the problem the, the problem for teams is um they watch Zeke all day. But yep. Dak's a more accurate passer. Dak's got a deeper and stronger arm yes. than Tannehill does. <clears throat> yes, he so does. So the second you don't look at Zeke, or the second you're looking at Zeke, Dak will burn you. He will. And, uh, I, yeah, I think that's that's absolutely right. A lot of people are going to talk about, you know, the C.D. Lambs of the world and the Michael Gallups of the world. It's still Cooper. It, yeah, it's still Amari right now. I, Amari Cooper is still the man in spite of an injury right now, in spite of what's going on, in spite of the fact that C.D. Lamb's there. It's Amari right now. Number six. The Ravens, Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, Mark Andrews. Yep. I think with Rashad Bateman, um, despite the injury right now, what you're going to see is uh, is Bateman kind of stepping into the role that Mark Andrews was doing as, a, as that chain mover guy, mm-hmm. but it's going to open up <clears throat> Andrews, and he's going to have a career year. 
slightly surprised by the Dobbins call. Um, he did well late in the season with the injuries that, that were on the Ravens. I know that his average was the highest in the league in that period of time. Um, whether or not Dobbins winds up being the number one, right now he everybody's focused on saying, yes, he is. Um, nobody knows if it's going to be him or Gus or if it's going to be a running back by committee. It'll um, be by committee, but I mean, even um, he he put he had 134 rushes and 800 right. yards in, in that short period of time. Right. So it, it, that's going to be the question of the day: is 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 Dobbins the real deal? I agree with Andrews. I agree with Lamar. I want to see what Dobbins does moving into this season. Yeah, there there to seems see to be a lot ready. of high expectation on Dobbins this year too. It's a very high expectation. So I think the problem is he could come out and do like say he does like 1,100 yards. Right. With uh, six. Seven eight touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I think the problem is, and it's not, and it's not his fault. That's a that'd be a great season. I'd be thrilled with that, right? Because that probably also means Lamar has another thousand yards, and Gus probably has another five six seven hundred. Yep. Um, I think that people are expecting Dobbins to, because of the average on a full season. I think there's a lot of people expecting like a sixteen hundred yard season with yeah. fifteen touchdowns. <clears throat> that that's likely not going to happen, es- especially with Lamar on the field. Right. And you're not gonna and you're not gonna shun Gus either. Right. And Gus Edwards is a good runner. He's a very good running back. I think Gus Edwards could be a thousand yard back. You you could see you could see a um two two thousand yarder. Mm-hmm. Well, not two thousand two one thousand yard runners. Yeah, you you knew what I meant. Yep. But the the Ravens are also going to focus a lot in the pass game too because they they have their core to do it now. Mm-hmm. So it, it'll be interesting. I, I don't. The way their offense is going to run is going to be interesting. They're they're not going to go away from the run. They're still going to be. What do you think? At least twenty five hundred yards rushing. Oh, easily. It's going to be power run. It's power run all day. When but it could if if Lamar's gotten better at passing, which his accuracy was better last year than it was the, the, the much better. Um, no one's really talking about because 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 they were much more run heavy and he didn't break three thousand. But yep, you don't really need to when you're running for a thousand. Absolutely. Um, if he's if his if his accuracy's improved, you could see a more uh, Dallas type system. Oh boy! Watch the run, and all of a sudden, if 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 you put too much on the run, then Hit you, over you the get top. burnt in the air. We could see that. Well, I, I'll compare it more to Tennessee because because uh, uh, I don't want to compare Lamar's accuracy to Dak. He's not there yet, but I think he could get to a Tannehill level. Uh, I think a lot of guys could get to a Tannehill level, <laughs> to be honest with you. I like I like Tannehill now. I wasn't sold on him before like you were, um, and and now I'm, I'm far more sold on Tannehill than I was before. Number five, even though every year we say that it's done, we say that they're going to the bottom. <clears throat> they never do. Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll know how to run a team over there. It's the Seahawks. Those damn Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf is my second best, mm-hmm. and then coming in with Tyler Lockett. Not I, far I, behind. I agree with it, 100%. Um, so it's been primarily DK. Look, I understand Tyler Lockett. He's over there. Let's, <clears throat> let's remember Tyler Lockett. Um, and, and for all those folks that are keeping fantasy points and scores at home, a majority of Tyler Lockett's stats from last season came in like three to four games. It, it was really just giant outputs in about three to four games. Really. The rest of the year, he didn't do anything. Like he had one game where he had three touchdowns, and then for the next four games he had zero. And he, he didn't break 100. So <clears throat> he, he was definitely a um, like go off loud and be yeah it was okay it was boom or bust for him, and DK Metcalf was the primary guy. I think DK Metcalf is is the definite. It's Russ 
then DK, and then Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett is definitely the number three in that whole equation. I but would, it's arguably the best receiver one-two punch in the league right now, or mm -hmm. one of. One of. I don't know if it's the best. Um, one And a guy that a lot of people will, will say, oh, well, what about Chris Carson? Well, Chris Carson is injury prone, and I don't find Chris Carson to be that level. Um <clears throat> Maybe it's just me. Uh, I just I don't find Chris Carson to be on but, that level at this but, point. But being worse than Tyler Lockett's not a bad thing. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. But I, I want to see if Tyler Lockett can be a little more consistent. I'll take, you know, uh, um, 80 yards and a touchdown or 75 yards and a touchdown from a guy every game, you know, for, for 17 weeks as opposed to four touchdowns from a guy and – you know, 200 yards in one game and then not see shit from them for, for three to four weeks. I would rather have the consistency. Mm -hmm. I would rather know that you're going to score every game or that you're going to have 70 yards every game. I want to know that those numbers are going to be there every game. So that's why I'm, I, I'm a little iffy. The jury's still kind of out on Tyler Lockett for me right now. Um, I'm not entirely sold on him. See, I am because he held that team together when they were going through that transition. Mm -hmm. I can see that. Number four, the Vikings. I, I think you're probably surprised to have them, <clears throat> have them up, but it's, it's accurate, though. I'm not. Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson. Um, and, and here's the thing about that. So I know that, that you're, you're – I, I feel like the quarterback automatically is going into that trifecta. That the in this specific case the quarterback is the is the down weight mm. and it, and trust me I Kirk Cousins and I, and I and I defend him he's he's been a top ten quarterback every season he's been in pretty much yep that where it came into play is the problem comes into play is when he's bad he's bad right so for me I, I understand that you've been putting a quarterback though in every single one of these equations for me. <clears throat> the trifecta over there offensively is Jefferson, Thielen, Cook. And, and that very well could be, too. And and I think that's more because I, and I, it's like you said, when Cousins is bad, Cousins is bad. Cousins has this, you know, those first six games of last year when they were one and five, and he threw 10 touch or 10 interceptions in the first six weeks of the season. Uh, he was horrible. I mean, it was, it was the worst quarterback play I think I'd ever seen from a Minnesota Vikings team since Joe Webb. I mean, it was bad. And and I see a, a guy like Adam Thielen. Okay, Adam Thielen put up, he was hurt last year, and he still put up over 900 yards. And he was hurt last year, but he still had 12 touchdowns. And then you look at what Justin Jefferson did last year, 1,400 yards, break the rookie receiving yards record. I mean, this this is something, you know, and then Dalvin Cook is just an enigma. As long as that man's healthy. But, on the same note, I don't think Justin Jefferson breaks... I'm not saying he doesn't break a 1,000. Yeah. I don't think he breaks the rookie um, receiving record if Drew Locke's passing to him. Kirk Cousins uh, yeah, is still a big <laughs> part of that. Right, You right. still need someone that's good enough... <clears throat> to throw the ball. To throw the ball, get the job done. And, and Kirk Cousins is, is a very accurate quarterback. He is. He's and a made a, very, a lot of good plays last year. If, if Cousins can come out and play. You know you know what I'm kind of hoping for? Cousins gets hot normally in November, December, or, or October, November, rather. 
He gets hot like late October all the way through November through like maybe the first or second week of December. Those eight weeks, he's just unstoppable. And it's like, God damn, like where did this Kirk Cousins come from? Because this is crazy. And he always just lights it up. I'm like, man, I fucking love that. <clears throat> then, he's a cold-weather quarterback. Yeah, well, he, he does it through the fall, but then we get we get to, you know, playoff time, and it's like, I don't know, he's slowing down. I would love it if Kirk Cousins would just go, like, six or seven weeks early in the se- season and go, like, three and four. Maybe you uh, bring in, like, a, a decent backup quarterback and have the, just have them start the first four games. Right. I, I well, no, What I want is I want Kirk Cousins to, like, so now we're in a 17-week season. Have him go through the first ten weeks and wind up being, you know, with the bye, you know, going four and five. And then have him get hot going into the playoffs. I like Eli Manning and just go into the playoffs and rip shit up. Yep. I'm cool with that. If he could get hot at that time, then we'll be talking. Start all in December. Yeah, yeah. yeah get, get hot in December <laughs> rather than October, you know. Come on, man. So hopefully, uh, hopefully Kirk will... Uh, We'll live up to that expectation. This one's going to cause some controversy. Okay. Number three, the Titans. Uh-huh. That's not the controversy. Okay. Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill, not Julio Jones. It causes no controversy to me. I think uh, last year they showed they were the real deal. <clears throat> I like Julio a lot, but Julio is starting to slow down. And right now, I firmly believe that Julio Jones is the number two in Tennessee, regardless of what anybody and has I to say. I feel like, statistically, you are going to end up not seeing a major stat improvement over the Corey Davis numbers. I agree. You may even see a downgrade. I agree. I Because think... there's a lot of stock in Julio Jones. Trust me, I, I'm, I'm going to put Julio Jones as one of the best receivers in the history of football. I agree. But no one's talking about, and this is... Zach Wilson, you're going to have yourself a field day. Mm-hmm. No one's talking about how good Corey Davis was. It was, look at Tannehill, look at Henry, look at A.J. Brown. Yep. Great things to look at. Mm-hmm. But Corey Davis was making plays damn near as much as A.J. Brown was. Corey Davis, he he nearly broke 1,000. He did, I think. He did not. Nearly. He was at like 960. Oh, okay. He was he was good. Um, but I he, Which is great for it, too. Yeah. He, he nearly broke 1,000. Um, good number two receiver. All the talent in the world to be a number one. All the talent in the world, he could be a number one guy. And if Jets can get that figured out, they have it. But over in Tennessee, you know, Julio is going to be a wonderful, wonderful, high, high, high high-end number two, if not the highest number two receiver in the the game. I mean, really, let's just face that. He's going to be, like, number one of the number two receivers. And that's only only because Kelsey's playing tight end, not receiver. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, Julio. Julio's going to wind up being that. I mean, really, he's number one of the number two. Julio's I mean, going to be what Ridley was in Falcons. Bingo, and now or Lockett, and, or and, and if AJ Brown goes down, and you still have Julio, hell, that's a good problem to have. So I mean, I, I agree with this. Tannehill, Henry, Brown, AJ Brown played really well last year. He took a big leap forward. I think he's going to take another big step forward in in becoming that twelve, thirteen, fourteen hundred yard receiver. And he's going to put up six, seven, eight, nine touchdowns every year. I think he's going to take a big step forward. And him having a veteran presence like Julio helping him out and learning from and also playing on the opposite side of the field and drawing that attention, I think A.J. Brown is going to wind up having himself a much bigger year than a lot of people anticipate. Mm-hmm. 
So that's and even the number three is not bad. I think he's gonna be a good slot guy. And that's from Josh yep. Reynolds. Yes, Josh Reynolds. I think very we're gonna do, I think we're gonna quietly get like five, six hundred yards out of him. Very good. Number two. It was tough, but it wasn't. But number two is gonna be the Packers. He's on the field, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna be MVP caliber player. Yep. Aaron Rodgers, <clears throat> Aaron Jones, yep. the, uh, Devontae Adams. One hundred percent agree. You can't question it. Um, Aaron Jones has played so well. Um, out of the backfield, but also as a a receiving back, he's he's done everything right. Um, Devontae Adams, he's one one of, if not the best receiver in the league right now. I think he is just outstanding. He's a guy that doesn't get enough credit. He doesn't get enough love. Um, and hopefully for the last time we're saying that because I think both Rodgers and uh, Adams won't be in Green Bay next year. I don't think they will. They could be, be together. Yeah. But and, and they won't be Green Bay. I, I think uh, Adams is is outstanding. Uh, it, it's hard to argue it. I don't like them. <laughs> I don't, let's face it. I don't like them. I don't, and and I'll be much more. I'll like them more when they're out of Green Bay. But um, great players. I agree with this trifecta. There's and and on that offense, there's not another trifecta there that that you could find. There's not another player that would, no. would jump into the, each any of those roles. So no. And plus, with Rodgers, um, despite the. Uh, how people feel up from uh, how he responds to things. Yep. What I what I like is, and not to get too much into this rabbit hole, because we go on for days on this one, mm. is when it comes to his play, there's far less, less controversy than Tom Brady. Yep. When far it comes, less. When it comes to on the field specifically. Right. I agree with that. Off the field, that's a whole different thing. Oh, God. But he's also warranted, because the front office has kind of been a shit show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and if I was Rodgers, I'd be tiptoeing through the tulips with them after what they did to Favre. So yeah, I don't, I don't think Rogers like wants to start a new team. No, but it's just kind of where it's at. Yeah, he he knows he's got to go elsewhere. And number one, mm-hmm. as we already kind of know, it's coming. Yep. And probably the choices, the order may be a little off, but it, it's going to be the Chiefs. Yep. Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey, yep. Tyreek Hill. I agree. And the ordering there is um, Travis Kelsey puts up more numbers than Hill, more touchdowns than Hill usually. But not to say, I mean, but you're shitting on Hill's thirteen hundred yards. Like they're they're that tandem is just stupid. It it's a great tandem. Um, Mahomes, easily the best quarterback in the league right now. I don't think anybody can argue it. Um, Hill, he's a speedster. He's a vertical threat. Hill's great if he can stay healthy. Kelsey is almost always on the field, and he's been very healthy over the course of the last several years. He's very rarely hurt, um, and he's in the end zone quite often. He's a great red zone threat. He's a guy that that catches a lot of passes. Second most ca- catches among tight ends. He had 105 last year, uh, yeah. only behind Darren Waller. Kelsey had 1,400 yards on 11 touchdowns. Tyreek killed 1,200 yards and 15 touchdowns. Like, yep, and and I think Hill was hurt at one point as well, right? I think they both were actually. Yeah, they both missed a game. Yeah, so I mean it 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 doesn't surprise me. Um, this this is. Is the tandem, um, and heaven forbid they find a running back, you know that's worth a damn. I mean, a lot of people believe in uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I'm not one of those people. <clears throat> I'm just not. He's I, not a. He's not. He's not a bust, but he's not the level that. Yeah, I'm just. I'm just not one of those people. I don't believe I mean, in. He Clyde put up Edwards a thousand Hilaire. yards scrimmage. Yeah. Um, from scrimmage, not bad. Yeah, but his his rushing, yeah, his out of the backfield gave something to desire. It left something to be desired. I I want to see him. Um, 
as more of a change of pace back. I, That's what I believe he is. I think he, if, if you put him in the right situation, he could be the, the level of a Camara. I, I think that's that what he 1700 is. That 1,700-yard, 1,800-yard scrimmage. Yeah, that's what I think he is. I don't I don't think he's an every-down back. I don't think he's the... the he doesn't need... And, I, and, I, and, the, and the thing is, he might be coming in, in the lead the right time because that's starting to change. Yep. The change of pace to, <clears throat> down on position is kind of becoming its own position. Yes. I, I don't I don't think... Um, I, he's, he's never going to be a Derrick Henry. He's never going to be a Delvin Cook. He's never going to be a... A, uh, no, he's not a workhorse. Yeah, he's not that kind of guy. He's a change of pace guy, and that's what they needed to use him as. And I don't understand the idea of, well, hey, I'm going to draft this guy as a change of pace guy. If you were going to draft a running back because what they needed was a running back over there in Kansas City, if they were going to draft a running back, they should have just gone out and drafted Jonathan Taylor when they had the chance. Really. Or they should have gone out and, and picked up DeAndre Swift when they had the chance. You know, And, and I feel like they missed the bus on it. <clears throat> but as far as their their big three right now, Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, you can't hold a candle to it. That's that's the big three trifecta. Yeah, but yeah, and change of pace. There's nothing wrong being change of pace either. Um, Kamara does is probably going to go down as the best in history at it, or yeah, one up. He's he's looking at like one up. But there's not there's not many players that can do both be workhorse and change of pace, and that's where CMC is just a god among men. Yeah, uh, CMC is like is while Henry's going to be your two thousand yard rusher. Yeah, Henry's going to put up two thousand yards, or not Henry? CMC's going to put up two thousand yards. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a thousand in the ground, thousand in the air. He's right. already done it. <clears throat> there's, there's a couple there's, of guys, because and 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 he, and he still they still give him freaking twenty north of twenty carries a game, mm-hmm. and then he catches ten balls. There are are several guys that I I they really, overused him actually. Like really, and the guy that that sort of revolutionized that position away was was Reggie Bush. Yeah, Reggie Bush was the guy that that sort of and and him and Darren Sproles. Those two guys revolutionized that. that and then, then that you get guys. Then you got offense. guys like uh, 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 Ray Rice. Yep. Also kind of doing a lot of the same thing. It's becoming a kind of a staple. Yep. You know, and it, it just depends on how you use them. But Tyler, you had your Tyler's top ten, but I've got five others here for you for a little segment we like to call Raytown's Forgotten Fun. Raytown's Forgotten Five, and um. So I, I've got these written down, um, but I actually have the order wrong here, so I, I hope you don't mind that. Um, but I, I do have my forgotten five in this situation that I'm sort of excited about. Uh, number five going into Freytown's Forgotten Five is going to be Big Ben Roethlisberger, Najee Harris, and uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm, ballsy. <clears throat> Look, I don't like Ben right now. At all. But Ben Roethlisberger, he beats the teams that he's supposed to beat, I guess you could say. I mean, let's face it, he went 11-0 against junk teams to start the year. So he beat the teams he was supposed to beat. Um, I understand he's got a bum elbow. I understand Juju is so busy with his goddamn TikToks that he can't focus on anything else. But Juju is still the number one receiver over there. As great of a breakout year as Deontay had and as great of a big uh, a year as Claypool had, Juju is still the guy. And I believe that Ben Roethlisberger, uh, now that they have a, a viable running back in Najee Harris and Juju Smith-Schuster, I think they're, they're going to be overlooked a little bit. Do I think they're going to be entirely, that that Pittsburgh Steelers team is going to be entirely successful and light the world on fire and be the greatest team in the world and no, they're not even going to win that division. I'll be remiss to say that they won't even miss the playoffs, okay? Or they won't even make the playoffs. But um, 
this this could be, you know, a, a team that still relies on those three names. Please don't pull Seahawks. Please don't pull Seahawks. <laughs> Please don't pull Seahawks. They're going to rely on those names. The offense is still going to be a volatile offense, but I think they have a lot of work to do on that team now, and they're just kind of avoiding the inevitable uh, uh, rebuild, that dreaded word that Pittsburgh just doesn't want to hear. And, and that's what they're looking at. So Ben, Harrison, Juju, I think is number five. Um, number four, I'm going to be going up to Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, and Jamar Chase. You're putting a lot of stock in <clears throat> question marks. So, yeah, I am in this one. Uh, Joe Burrow, I'm going to face the fact. Joe Burrow did not play well before he went down. There's a lot of people, yourself included, that said, oh, Joe Burrow played well. Joe Burrow didn't play well. The numbers say otherwise. He did not play well in that period when he was playing for the Bengals in that span. Um, we also have to remember that Joe Mixon was hurt. Joe Mixon had that injury last year. Now, before that, Joe Mixon wasn't very injury prone. Last year, he was hurt. But, then, but even then, <clears throat> in 2019, his stats fell off, too. Right. So I want to see what Joe Mixon does, but I believe Joe Mixon is still a top rusher in this league. Um, and I, I believe that, that Joe Mixon is going to be that, that bell cow running back for them. But Jamar Chase is going to be the real story. A lot of people say T. Higgins is going to be the story over there. Um, because T. Higgins did have a really stellar second half of the season. Um, I think he had nine touchdowns last year. T. Higgins did well as a red zone threat. But Jamar Chase, to me, I think he's going to wind up being the guy um, over there. And I think Joe Burrow is going to have a blast throwing to Jamar Chase again. This is going to be a very, very interesting team. The Bengals, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, and Jamar Chase. That's, that's going to be number four. Uh, number three, <clears throat> we're going to be going down to Jacksonville for Trevor Lawrence, Josh Robinson, and DJ Chark. Uh, a lot of folks are going to James say, Robinson. James Robinson. I don't want to say Josh Robinson. James Robinson. Um, DJ Chark, uh, I know that he's coming off the hand injury right now. He's got that broken finger. That's fine. I get it. Uh, Robinson, I know he's going to be battling with ETN. But at the end of the day, Robinson put up a thou over 1,000 yards last year. He was one of the top rushers in the league. He was great. I think a lot of people believe he's going to fall off because of Travis Etienne. I don't think that's the case. I think he's the bell cow back, and I think Travis Etienne is going to be used in a change of pace role there. And Trevor Lawrence, a lot of people don't believe in Trevor Lawrence. I understand game one, he had a, a kind of a rough showing, especially because of the fact that that Jags offensive line looked rough. But we got to remember, it's preseason. They were playing a lot of backups. It's okay. This stuff is going to happen. And I, I still think Lawrence is going to be something special. I just don't think it's going to be this year. And and I think that that big three there, that's going to be something big. And a lot of people say Marvin Jones over DJ Chark. I disagree. DJ I disagree Chark's too. the number one. Jones is going to be a great two, though. Yep. So those are the those are the bottom three there. Yeah, so far, you've, picked, you've taken three that, are, that have a lot of question marks surrounding yep. them. Number two, Justin Herbert. Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen. Um, I love Justin Herbert. I love Justin Herbert. And, and I almost put it in my top ten. And I am going to flat out say that I believe Justin Herbert, with, and, and I'm going to go as far as saying with the Chargers, Justin Herbert will win a Super Bowl. I agree. He's going to win a bowl. And, and I, I don't, when it happens, and it's not a matter of if, when it happens, because Justin Herbert has played so well and I, I called it 
when he was slated to be the number one quarterback on the, in the draft and he held out. And after he held out, he went back to Oregon, and then he came back into the draft. I said, and he got drafted after Tua. I said that was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Justin Herbert's That's the guy. That's one that we've been agree- in agreement yep. on. I said that was a freaking mistake, and I re- I still believe that it was a mistake that Joe Burrow went above him. I believe Justin Herbert is the best quarterback to come out of that class. I believe that firmly, and I I will continue to believe that. Justin Herbert will win a bowl. And when he's got Keenan Allen out there, Keenan Allen, if he's healthy, is one of the best receivers in this Absolutely. league. Absolutely. And and it, and same goes with Austin Eckler. If Austin Eckler is healthy, he's one of the best running backs in the league. It's a matter of health for Eckler and Keenan Allen. If either one of them is healthy, if they're both healthy, then this team is dangerous. Eckler, let's not forget when when uh, when when Melvin Gordon went down with the Chargers, and Eckler came in. Eckler had a better average than Melvin Gordon. Eckler performed better than Melvin Gordon. We said that two, three years ago now. On this very show, we said that. Eckler performed better than Melvin Gordon when Melvin Gordon went down. And now here we are, Austin Eckler, healthy, finally, because the man is very injury-prone. Let's face that fact. Austin Eckler, he's injury-prone. But... I believe Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, that's going to be a trio. And number one, number one, this one is going to be an interesting one, and I think you're going to love it, though. It's probably one I wanted to put on my list. Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and Emmanuel Sanders. Sanders is the only only reason I didn't put him on. Yep. I mean, he didn't have a fantastic time in, in New Orleans. Yep. But I, I think he uh, turns it on. I think he turns it on. I think he's going to take some of that pressure off of Stephon Diggs. Diggs had so many catches last year. So he led the league in receptions. Um, <clears throat> and yards. And yards. Allen was hitting him left and right. He was a one-man show out there. And Josh Allen, they look, they don't have any running backs, but they sure as hell have two really good receivers over there in Buffalo. And Beasley now. ain't bad. Yeah, and Beasley's a hell of a number three. Um, I think Josh Allen is going to show the world that, that he has a top-tier offense, and we don't need no running backs. But I would love to see them get a running back because if they had a real-deal running back, they would actually It'll go to the Super Bowl. It'll be a top-tier offense, but if they don't get a running back or a good running game, when they hit the good teams in the playoffs, the same thing's going to happen. Yep, they got train-wrecked last year by the Chiefs because the Chiefs kept dipping in the zone, <clears throat> pass coverage with a three-man rush because they knew that Buffalo wasn't going to run the ball. I believe that the Bills still need a running back, but... You know, I think this is going to open some things up, a few more things up for Josh Allen. Um, there's Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders. That's the trio that I'm going to choose as my number one for Freytown's Forgotten Five. I love it. And those are my to- my uh, my forgotten ones. Now, folks, we've got a few weeks to the season. We have uh, a few special things going on here. Um, <clears throat> first of all, I want I want to. So, Tyler, you're going on, on one of your zillion vacations. Technically two. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tyler's got two vacations coming up here. He's going to be going on one, coming back for a few days, and going on another one. For those of you who uh, listen to the show, that enjoy the show, that, that uh, want to continue to see us and, and listen to us, we're going to be doing something a little bit different, something kind of a, a special edition type gimmick here. It's going to be exclusive on Facebook. We're going to be on Facebook Live on the on our page, on the Outside Blitz Facebook page. 
It's going to be a Facebook Live exclusive of this show leading into the season in a couple of weeks here, um, and and we're going to be be going ham with it. And it'll be a couple, it'll be a few weeks, but we haven't decided on an official date that'll be announced on our Facebook page as well. But we will be doing officially the video version of our show, and uh, it will not be on Apple iTunes, folks. So the only way you're going to be able to see it is on our Facebook page at the Outside Blitz. So I hope everybody tunes into that Facebook Live exclusive leading into the season. The first game of the season is on September the 9th, so we want to make sure that that uh, we get that in. We're gonna we're gonna be up there before that, probably either the day uh, day before or maybe even the seventh. So it'll be, probably be on the seventh or eighth at that point. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Probably around that a couple days before that first game. So um, it'll be that Tuesday. It'll be that probably that Wednesday. Probably that Wednesday. So the day before. We'll we'll do the day. We'll call it the day before the the actual first game of the season. So, and I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors at It's Your Time Massage. It's Your Time Massage. Check it out, IYTMassage.com. Tyler, have you gotten a massage yet? Getting one soon. Getting one soon. Tyler, you need to get yourself a massage. She's got the new Biomat coming. Coming soon to IYTMassage.com or at It's Your Time Massage on Facebook. You can uh, check it out over there. Also want to give a shout out to... Um, our folks over at Face Kicked Apparel, Sean Stockmeyer, he does all that, all those t-shirts, hats, beanies, anything you could ask for. You pick it, he sticks it um, over at facekickedapparel.com. Check them out uh, for all your custom t-shirt needs. And Tyler, man, we are cruising. We Really, this offseason, we, we, get, we get down during the offseason. When after draft time, mm-hmm. after draft day, and and you know it, it's like uh, all right, well, it's it's very quiet, and we and I know we get a little sad, and we get a little depressed, but it's almost here. Football, Football's back. Football. So uh, it's going to be an exciting time, and uh, we're also going to do our predictions for the uh, for the upcoming season as well. When uh, every week to week, we're going to be doing that. So and we'll be back on a weekly schedule when the season starts as well. So we'll be be uh, we'll be on it, baby, right through the Super Bowl every week. Yeah, baby. So uh, September the eighth, folks, tune into Facebook Live on our on our page, and uh, we're gonna wind up going Facebook Live, and we're gonna be uh, talking about everything football, everything NFL, and I hope you all had a great time listening to us. Um, and uh, Tyler. Three weeks, baby. Three weeks. Getting there. Three weeks. I know you're just, you, you've seemed a little blah, but football's coming. Football's coming to save you. You excited? Always excited. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening, folks. And we will see you on September the 8th, right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz. And be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz. And feel free to email us questions at the outside blitz at gmail.com.